Welcome to the Beacon Way Podcast, where your hosts, Jennifer Christensen and Adrian Wilkerson, talk shop about what really works in today's digital marketing world. As the co-founders of Beacon Media and Marketing, Jennifer and Adrian have been a part of digital marketing since its early stages in the mid-2000s. Tune in as they shine light on what works and what doesn't in the ever-changing world of digital marketing for small businesses. All right, well, welcome back to our second episode in July for the Beacon Way podcast. And we're continuing on our series about websites today. So we're going to be digging into the homepage and the about page today and kind of going through what you need to have, what doesn't maybe matter quite so much on your website. So let's get started. So when you're looking at the homepage, we laugh in the old days, if you will, of newspaper world, there was a term above the fold. So your title, your headline, all your important stuff had to be above the fold. Well, newspapers aren't as big a deal as they used to be. But interestingly enough, websites still kind of follow that above the fold and below the fold rule. So why is that, Jennifer? What what needs to happen on that top part, the first part of the website that people see? Why why is that so vital? Yeah, it's gotten the uh, we still like you said use the term the term above the fold, which I think is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It probably did originate from newspapers, right? But statistically, you've got about six seconds to answer to a potential client what it is that you do, if they resonate with you, if they like your brand, that's a really short period of time. And they don't have time to scroll in that six seconds. It's usually just looking at that, what we call above the fold situation. So since about 50% of your traffic is automatically coming to that homepage, um, we know that is your prime real estate. So most of us understand that there's prime real estate, whether it's physical or it's on digital, this is your prime real estate space. And so there's three things in this above the fold spot that you need to accomplish. One, your unique selling proposition. So can they tell in the above the fold what you do, what service you offer? And beyond that, what makes you good at what you do or what makes you unique at that? A lot of opportunity is missed there in this section where it'll just be like a really pretty picture, you know, because people want to visually put something great, but they miss the opportunity to tell their story and they need to do it very quickly and succinctly. You know, a lot of clients are like, well, I don't understand. I'm I'm just a med spa or I'm just, I'm just providing this service. But there's always something that's unique about what you're doing and what you're offering because it's you. So it's your business. And so it's it's finding that diamond that you can pull out because that's going to resonate with your target market for sure. So one is the unique selling proposition. Two is establishing credibility, reputation, and brands all together. And that generally is going to be like social proof. So if you have the opportunity above the fold to connect to reviews, to connect to a video, anything that showcases immediately that you are an established business or that you have customers that have had a good experience, you'll see on some of the very top websites that is they'll even use that as their unique selling proposition. You know, we're so... Good at what we do, look at what everybody else has to say, not what we say. So that's the second piece. And then the third piece is you need to tell people what to do, what you expect Mm -hmm. them to do. So 
and and remove barriers. Don't make it complicated. So do you expect them then to go from your above the fold homepage to scroll down? Do you expect them to click on the above navigation bar? What page are you wanting them to go to next? Mm -hmm. The more that you guide potential client, the happier they are because they don't have to think about it. It just feels very intuitive to them. I think that's like everybody uses Apple as the example, but they use them as the example for that reason, because they were thinking intuitively ahead of you of all the things that you would want to do. It made the experience wonderful, right? So you want to do that on your website. Do not make it hard for them to go to the next step. You know, provide very easy, whether it's a, a little arrow that shows, you know, that you're supposed to go down. You can do this with color. You can do this with shapes, you know, pointing down in a direction if that's what you want them to do. Having clear navigation that makes sense for next steps. Like you said, those very specific things. And sometimes it's even a call to action. Like, hey, did you just pop on our site to make an appointment and you don't want to go through the rest of it? Well, here's a way to shortcut everything and boom, here you can make an appointment, you know, or give us a call. So those things seem really basic, but I would say most websites I look at don't have them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sadly, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what kind of content should we expect to see below the fold, for example, on a homepage? That's a great question. So Again, your job from the homepage, because we know that that, because that's your core domain, we know that that's where the majority of all the backlinks are going to come in and where the majority of the people are hitting your website for the first time. It doesn't mean that you won't have other pages that rank really high, but it still is prime real estate. So beneath the fold, we've got, we've got a challenge here. And the challenge is how do we provide enough content that makes our homepage rank really well in Google? We need a minimum usually of about 2,000 words, which is a lot when you think about that, and still make the brand visually appealing and show people where they want to do. So this part part below the fold in some ways is a little bit more challenging. What we have found that works really well here, and this also appeals to lots of different personalities, is that we, we incorporate a lot of content, but we use a lot of visual blocks and we use visual stop points, you know, for people that don't necessarily want to scroll further. You still get credit from Google, even if your average person is only scrolling down maybe one or two areas on your website, as long as you've got that content on your homepage that fulfills the SEO requirements of your service, then even if a lot of people don't scroll down to that, you still get credit for that because it's there. And you will find certain personalities do want to read everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you just, you just have to, you can't make it about your preference. It has to be mm-hmm. what you know is going to provide the best user experience for your clients and for Google. And those right. two things sometimes match and sometimes not perfectly. So it, having visual breaks, having other types of ways that you communicate, you know, you're not, if, if everything was just like a you know, document on your homepage or website, that would be really boring. But if you've got icons and you've got video to throw in and you've got infographics and you've got, you know, ways to make the content visually appealing, you know, by breaking it up so that your eye isn't just reading one long scroll of content, that that provides a better user experience. But you do have to have a tremendous amount of content on your homepage to, to rank well. 
Well, and one of the techniques that we see that's consistently very effective, and this kind of plays into one thing that you were said earlier, where you know you've got certain breaks, and so you need to provide call to action or some type of action in the different breaks because if you've got somebody who's now scrolled part of the way through your homepage and they're ready to make a decision, they want to call you. You want to make it yeah. really easy for them to call you or for them to download a white paper that you have or for them to take whatever next step that is. And if they've got to scroll all the way back up to the top to find that button or scroll to down, to find, they're not going to do it. So it's very important to have those strategic calls to action. And trust me, it feels repetitive. It feels silly to keep repeating something similar. And you can have it be varied thing. You could have a button that says, go read this blog. You know, are you interested in finding more out about this service? Here's a blog on it. So it doesn't all have to be call us now, right? It can be, go, go look at this blog, go download the white paper, call us, look at our service page. So there can be lots of different things, but you want to give people action so they don't just bounce off your website that they know what the next step is and they can go dig deeper into your website because that's going to take them farther down that sales funnel and help establish deeper levels of trust with you because you're helping them you're being helpful you're making this easy you're not making them have to work for it which sounds maybe a little counterintuitive but trust me you're going to end up with more people actually doing what you want to do when you make it incredibly easy for them for sure you can't it's really easy when we get in our businesses to assume that our clients know a lot of things and right. that's one of my favorite statements is like you just don't know what you don't know right. and so the more that you lay it out very specifically through visual clues and through content like you said um, pathways they feel taken care of they mm -hmm. feel like they've come to your website and it's like wow okay i just really I mean, you know that feeling you get when you're really trying to research and understand something or you're trying to find a service and you get really frustrated, you're you're just getting bounced from site to site. And it's like, well, nobody's really answering this question. And then you finally hit one that actually has been thoughtful and is answering detailed questions and it makes sense what they're telling you. Mm -hmm. That's the one you're going to trust and you're going to go yeah. with for sure. Absolutely. You want to be that person. That's a good point. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the about page. This one, a lot of people struggle with. They don't know what to put on this page. They don't know how personal to get. Do they put all their staff on there? So we're gonna just talk about some best practices today. There is some fluctuation depending on your industry, depending on your business, depending on the complexity of your business. Is it you and your dad running this business and that's it? And you're running it out of your basement, which some pretty profitable businesses to go in that direction or you know do you have a hundred staff and a whole set of founders and an owner's board and an executive team i mean it really there is some variation to this for sure so we're going to talk a little bit best practices so you told me one time jennifer and i loved how you put this that the about page is your relationship building page so mm -hmm. explain that a little bit more for our listeners today what do you mean by that well, as we talked about, I think in the last podcast that the about page is the, the number two spot that people go to mm -hmm. on your website, which I know a lot of people are really surprised when we show them those numbers because most people want to know who they're doing business with. And mm -hmm. so I've always seen the about page as your handshake. It's your, this is who I am. This is how I interact with you. This is much more about a relationship that we're going to have together than even the services that I'm going to provide. 
And whether people admit it or not, even subconsciously, we make a lot of decisions based on whether we feel comfortable with somebody Mm -hmm. and we like them. So this is the opportunity to do that. And in some ways, I think people overthink it and Mm -hmm. they think, oh, okay, the about is the history of my company and it's my staff. Yeah. That's very transactional. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's very, a very transactional thing. The decisions you make on your about us page If you think about it from the standpoint of a relationship, what type of relationship do you have with your clients? Mm -hmm. What type of relationship do you want to have with your clients? Oh, yeah, that's good. What's the feedback that you get in the experiences that people have in interacting with you? Right. So with Beacon, we very much believe in being ultra transparent. It's not just a buzzword to us. We really try to live that. And so what that means for us is that we tell a little bit of our personal backstory, Mm -hmm. you know, even on some of our like industry pages, we even have information about why Adrian and I chose certain industries that we wanted to represent. So we're telling that kind of the why and the heart behind what we're doing, because when they talk to us, that's what we talk about. Right. You know, we we talk about why we're really proud to work with mental health clients and why that matters to us. And then of course we talk about the results and what we're going to provide for them, but it's a more, it's a more transparent relationship. You know, we want to have that with our clients. We think that has real value. So for you, it all goes back to your brand. Who are you? What type of relationship do you want to have? I would always pretty much personally vote and push my clients towards sharing more than less. Yes. The tendency is to hold back information. I'm not sure what that is or what that's about. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll be talking to the business owner and they're super friendly and they're telling us their story and they're all excited about their clients and proud of some of the accomplishments that they've done, but they're right. very hesitant to that information out there. Mm-hmm. And when you think about your website representing you and being that first, you know, time that they're coming to know, like, and trust you, you're really doing a disservice to your potential client and yourself mm-hmm. by not sharing, you know, your story, your values, how you live those right. values out. I always find it really interesting. Like, you know, when I go to a, I'm thinking of a competitor and like on their website, they only list their leadership team Mm. and they're about the same size as us. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, so why aren't you comfortable sharing your staff? Right. Yeah. And I'm not putting them down whatever reason they decided that's important to them, but that definitely gives a a signal, right? That says something to the people that are trying to find out about that company it says we're comfortable putting out our leadership, but we're not comfortable sharing who our staff is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, I always err on the side of having a more open relationship because to me, the more that you put out there, obviously within reason, but the more that you put out there to really showcase who you are and what it's like to work with you and what it's like to have a relationship with you as a business, the more that you're going to attract the right people. Right. Absolutely. So, and I know I went pretty general. I mean, there's some key things to have on your about page. You want you, in my view, you want to have your staff or at least key staff members, depending on how big your company is. You want to share your story, your why, your history, if that applies. This can be a good opportunity to share some of your more like pet projects. Like I think on our about section, we have our podcast, right. we have some of our engagements, you know, things like that. So it's more here's the things that relate to Beacon, but that are specifically, you know, more personal to us or kind of separate from the overall company. Ideally, you know, a medium-sized company, you're going to have multiple pages that people can book through. You're you're going to have 
the page for the staff. You're going to have a page for your values and how you load those out, your history. If you're a smaller company, having an all-in-one is totally fine. The most important part, though, to me is that, that key relationship part right at the front. Well, and I want to follow up on that and make, I feel like, a very strong case for putting as many of your staff on your page as you can. And the reason I say this is let's dentists are a really good example. So most people pretty nervous about going to a dentist. It's not something most people look forward to. So there's an anxiety, there's a nervousness about this. And so somebody is looking, they've moved to a new area, they've got to establish themselves with a new dentist. It's a nerve wracking thing. And think about it. They're trying to establish themselves with a doctor and schools and dentists. This is a big deal. And when they're going and visiting different websites, they're trying to make a decision on who they connect with. We say it a lot in our business. It's something I picked up from my years doing BNI, Business Networking International. The founder, Ivan Meisner, always used to say people hate being sold, but they love to buy. And like Jen said earlier, they want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. So when you've got that dynamic and you add to it the anxiety of going to a dentist, the more that your staff are on there, they're going to hit the about page first. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they want to know, do they know, like, and trust you? Is this somebody they want to buy from? So they're looking for your story. They're looking for your why. They're looking for, is this somebody that I think I could connect with? Then next, they're looking for faces. Names are one thing, but faces we connect with. And so Mm -hmm. when they're looking at the faces on your website and they see your receptionist there, that's the first person they're going to see when they walk through that front door. And if it's a familiar face, now, granted, they haven't met this person in person yet, but when you have that person's face up online and a little bit about their story and the fact that they don't have kids, but they've got eight dogs and they love to rescue dogs and they foster dogs and this, that, and the other thing, it's a little thing that's personal. And so when somebody walks in the door and meets that person for the first time, they feel like they know just a little bit about that person. And there's an instant trust and an instant connection that's made there. And that could Mm -hmm. be the difference between them picking your clinic and a bigger clinic with a bigger marketing budget just down the road because they feel like they have a connection. And it's part of how people used to call around on the phone and talk to people and they'd have, they'd talk and they start making connections. I called somebody the other day to set up an interview. We ended up talking for 10 minutes about artists because she loves artists and my grandmother's an artist and there's this instant connection, right? So a lot of that used to happen by phone, but that's not happening by phone anymore. And so when you take that extra step to be transparent and a little vulnerable with your potential customers and put your whole staff out there, or at least strategically, like who is my potential customer going to meet? Who's the first person they meet when they come in the door or the first person they talk to if they have to call and make sure that there is some connection on your website to those people that is going to really transform your customer experience and potentially increase your conversions from leads to actual customers when you take that step. And it, it does take some bravery, I would say, because what happens if you have staff turnover? That means you got to spend the time and invest the time and connect with your website company and replace this and that and the other thing. But I would say it is worth the effort and it's worth the extra time because of how much that means to your potential clientele. Yeah. 
I could not agree more. I think I think it actually makes a statement that you feel confident in your staff, you believe in your staff. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about first point of contacts. We're actually redoing our website right now. And that is actually part of our new layout is telling people, hey, this is the first team you're going to get to meet at Beacon. This is the first mm-hmm. people you're going to be talking to. And so they can actually see the pathway. Yeah. Of, it's our front end digital advisors, you know, that they're going to talk to at first. And then it's when we go to their account manager and the person that's assigned to really help them navigate, you know, through the digital side and, and then other people that they might need or talk to along the way. Yeah. But I also find it's really impactful when they see that, hey, that's the guy that's in charge of our Google AdWords. Like right. There's somebody owning that you know, mm-hmm. at that company, it's not just this kind of nebulous thing out here. That's the person right. that's doing the work for us every day. Yeah. It personalizes it on a whole different level. I mean, think about it. This is kind of a silly example, but think about how much it could even change your billing and collections conversation. If you have your bookkeeper up there and even a little bit about them that humanizes your bookkeeper. I mean, that can right. be a really intimidating thing and if your customers know your bookkeeper then there's a it's going to break down a lot of barriers to collecting to getting paid on time to a lot of different things it's not this necessarily intimidating i've got to go talk to the bookkeeper now you know there can actually be even barriers broken down in that position which historically is often a very back of the business position that's not highlighted but right. it can actually have very interesting and kind of subtle but impactful you know differences on even just your billing cycles and your collection cycles obviously your bookkeeper's got to be comfortable with that and some staff aren't and i would say if staff aren't don't push it too hard at least because a really awkward stiff photo that just looks terrible because that person is so awkward in front of a camera it's probably not going to serve them or you as well. So there's other creative ways to do it. One fun one I saw was somebody was very awkward in front of a camera, but they were a big pet person. And so it was a picture of their parrot. And then when you clicked on their bio, it told a little bit about this. This person's very shy in front of the camera, but they love their parrot. And so their parrot was their picture. I mean, it didn't entirely help as far as, but it was humorous and it was memorable, right? And yeah, so, <laughs> right. I mean, people are like, so, so what's the story with your parent? You know, kind of, so it was still an icebreaker, even Ooh. if it was kind of not necessarily the standard or, or whatnot. But I thought it was a really creative way to solve that barrier issue and not necessarily put their staff member in a spot that actually might be detrimental to them and their interaction with with clients and staff. Yeah. So, anything else that you would recommend go on the home the about page or any flow that you would recommend that we didn't touch on so far? No, I think that I think it's really solid on the about page. Again, just if you take it back to the relationship that should really clarify how you want to be perceived, what information you want to put out there and what's going to have value to your potential clients. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I think this is our 13th episode talking about home and about pages on your website and be sure to come back and check us out next week. We'll be talking about your services and or products page. Thanks for listening to this episode of the beacon way. We hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. Please subscribe. So you don't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the show, 
please give us some stars on your podcast channel of choice. For more information, tips, and notes from the show, check us out at beaconmm.com. For more information on how Beacon can help market your business, email us at welcome at beaconmm.com.